You are listening to the Grow Law Firm Podcast, where each guest shares actionable, practical ideas with you on how to get more clients, expand your reach, and grow your law firm's revenue and profit. Here's your host, Sasha Burson. Welcome to Grow Law Firm Podcast. I have an amazing guest here with me, Eli Yashnik. Forgive me if I'm mispronouncing your last name. I'm doing my best. <laughs> it's pronounced Yajnik. Thank you so much Yar- for having Yajnik. me. Absolutely. LA has a deep background in business. He is a coach, advisor, founder, and CEO of a terrific advisory group, specifically for lawyers called Law Firm Success Group. He authored books, podcasts, you name it, he's done it. His group does terrific work for so many attorneys, and I'm privileged to have you here. Sasha, thanks for having me on the show again today. I'm looking forward to having this conversation. Absolutely. I usually ask a ton of questions, but here I feel like because of your deep expertise in all things law firm success, I just want to ask you a couple and then see how things go. My first question is, imagine that a very young attorney comes to you and he or she asks you, I want to make a million dollars a year. I want to grow a law firm that may do like $5 million in revenue. And I just want to pocket 20% net profit at the year's end. What would you tell them? What are the primary success factors that would help them get there in a big hurry? They do not want to spend 30 years getting there. Sure. Well, I think the first thing I would do is compliment them on having such clear goals. <laughs> that is fantastic for a young lawyer to have that approach. And we're talking about you know, someone who's just out of law school. Yeah. Yeah. The second thing I would ask them is why are those numbers so important to them? Because oftentimes people tend to, especially when they're just coming out of school, they tend to lock into a financial number. But the problem is you can hit that financial goal by working your tail off and be completely miserable. We don't want that. And so what's important are the financial targets, yes, but also the deeper issues of why. Why is that important to you? And is it just a money thing? If it is, fine. But oftentimes there's something deeper than that. And we can use those deeper motivations for why they went into law to actually propel their marketing efforts forward and to enable them to hit those goals much faster than if they just focused on the financial. So it really depends on the person and and how they're wired and what their value systems are. But those are some of the initial questions that I would ask them. What advice would you give them? How to go from zero to $5 million in revenue with $1 million in net profit? Again, it depends. Different things work for different people. As you know, there's so many different marketing strategies that are out there that they can dig into from online, you know, which is where, where you know a lot of that. But maybe their forte is really on the order of public speaking. They don't have the funds to drive an online campaign. Or maybe, just maybe, their biggest issue as a first-year attorney is to actually become a good lawyer. And so spending some time focusing on how you actually practice law and becoming a good lawyer while you're building your network, while you're figuring out your target market, while you're figuring out what your value proposition is, is often time well spent, especially in those first six months to a year. If you have someone who's just you know, financially oriented, so Sasha, I want to throw this back to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've asked a lot of questions and put up a lot of hypotheticals. In this situation, how is this person wired? This person is incredibly ambitious. He or she comes from nothing and wants to make it big, wants to prove to the world that, yes, they can. They will build a terrific lifestyle for themselves and their future family, and they're purely driven by that success target. 
I've had clients like that whose goal was like, I just want to prove to myself that I can make a million dollars a year. It was a vanity goal, not because they weren't making enough money. That specific gentleman that I'm thinking about, he was making over $700,000 a year. But he's like, at the end of the year, I want to look at my tax returns and see a million plus. Okay, great. Super easy. In that situation, what are they good at? That guy was not, and, and I think that he was wired correctly for that financial success. He was not so much focused on practicing law as he was focused on building the business. He was a business okay. builder. Okay. And so did he have any money with which to start hiring people and putting in some infrastructure? Or was he showing up with you know, not a whole lot just as a fresh graduate except for a bunch of student loans? In that specific scenario, he already had a sizable business and he personally made $720,000 the year. So that makes a big, big difference, yeah. right? I mean, if you're coming from nothing and just graduating with a bunch of student loans, which is what most attorneys are, most attorneys are not coming from that situation. Mm -hmm. The other issue is what practice area are they doing? Are they doing family law where you can open up right now? Oh my gosh. <laughs> if you're a family law attorney, you can start right away and you can hit that million dollars within the first couple of years relatively easily if you focus on you know running your firm like a business and they're working with someone like you who can really drive their online marketing efforts if they're coming from employment law on the corporate side in california where i am and also new york and florida and other places across the country that's a similar situation mm -hmm. i mean these markets are underserved there are more demand for services than there are attorneys and so oftentimes figuring out the right practice area is going to be key to growing really, really quickly. Mm -hmm. And I find that, that most attorneys who we work with, and vast majority of our clients, they're not what we refer to as virgin clients. They've been with so many marketing companies before they come to us after having poor success record with those marketers. They come to us and I often ask them, like, how would you settle in on this specific practice area? Was it by default or by design? Overwhelming majority would tell me it's by default. Or I was clerking here. And somebody told me that they should do this. I had yeah, a friend and, who suggested that. And that's a great first kind of answer. And we spend a lot of time working with our clients one-on-one -on, -one on this because we find when we dig deeper past that, we're really able to pull out some gold, which helps us strategically kind of shape their marketing efforts. So I'll give you an example. We get that a lot too. And we ask them, so why are you, why are you an employment law attorney? Right. And we got the, well, I just kind of fell into it and I've, I've never changed. But they could have, they could have changed and they could have left, they could have changed practice area. They could have left the practice of law entirely, but they didn't, they stuck with it. And the answers to that question, why did you stick with it? Why did you stay in your practice area? Why did you actually get more specialized? You didn't have to do that, but you did. Why? Oftentimes it's a pure financial play. You know, well, I thought I could make a ton of money doing this. That's totally fine. Oftentimes, also, there's a deeper, a deeper passion that gets uncovered. They love helping their clients. They love the results they get for their clients. They feel like that practice area, they can make a difference and they can make an impact. And those little nuggets are absolute gold for marketers like you. And so a, a big part of what we do is we uncover those nuggets of gold for our clients, that passion for why they want to do the kind of law that they do, even if they're not even aware of it at the time. And then we hand that off to their, their marketing team, their consultants, and let them run with it. Because you can imagine, if you really had the actual passion for why an attorney is running their business, imagine how much easier it makes when you're designing a website, 
right? You can feature that front and center and really, really make an impact on clients. And that's that's a big part of growth for us. Yeah, super interesting. My experience is actually quite different. So I think a substantial percentage of our clients run their business. They start their business by default, like not designing their practice area, but like I have experience with this, so I'm going to do that. And then for years and sometimes for decades, they just run by inertia. Inertia being just the greatest moving force for us humans. I'm used to doing this and I'm doing this. And I think that is one of the reasons, not the key reason, but one of the reasons why so many attorneys do not feel very happy in the confinements of their own business and do not make very much money. And then they're looking at their competitors who are happier, who drive fancier cars, have second homes, take fancier vacations. And they're like, we went to law school together. How is it that he or she is doing so much better than I do and seems to be so much happier? Obviously, we cannot dig inside that other person and say, like, this is definitely a happier person. But at least on the surface, the packaging is shinier. And really, aside from that, I think that the greatest differentiator between those lawyers that are incredibly successful and overwhelming majority of the others who are doing okay. And when I say okay, so last I looked at BLS statistics, median income for a lawyer back in 2021, was $127,990. And the top 10%ers made 209 or higher. I talked to a lot of lawyers. I'm sure you do too. I think that the top 3%, maybe 2% make over half a million, but it's super rare. Those are the, the top income makers in the legal field. They tend to stand apart from the rest of the pack because they developed very strong business acumen very strong business segment. They did not spend so much time focusing on the practice of law as they spent on developing business acumen and focused on developing the following three areas of their business, which was marketing sales and humans, like getting the right people in the right places, marketing and sales, and then things started clicking. Is that your experience? Is it similar or is it completely different? I think it's in, in some ways similar and in other mm -hmm. ways different thing is, you know, we both live in rather expensive parts of the country. Mm -hmm. And so national data gets kind of skewed and almost useless. So where I am in the San Francisco Bay Area, 127,000 as an attorney is not even the poverty line, quite honestly. Right. So we regularly, when we start working with clients, they're regularly making, you know, 300,000 or whatever. And by the time we're done with them, they're making a lot more than that. And the other thing is that you mentioned, you know, clients come to you and they have, they're dealing with inertia. They've been in the practice area, kind of doing what they're doing for a long time. And we see that too when we start working with clients. The reason clients come to work with us is because they want to grow. So they're ready for making a change. And the thing about change, change is hard. Because <laughs> inertia is the easy thing, right? It's easy just to continue doing what you're doing. So we're very excited when we bring on new clients because they want to do something different. And they recognize that the firm they have is because of who they are and how they're running their firm as a business. If they want to improve their firm, they have to make some changes. And whether it's working with you or working with me or working with somebody else, they're ready to do that. So it's a lot of fun to have these conversations and we can have them. Our clients have given us permission because they're looking to grow and make some changes. Yeah. And as far as, you know, I, I completely agree with you. I think if, if you want to increase and grow your business, you have to understand marketing and business development. You have to understand people. You have to understand systems and strategy. And at a certain point, you're making enough money. You know, you're making 400000 whatever it is, you're comfortable. But there's something that keeps those top attorneys driving, pushing, doing even better. Part of it might just be because they're, you know, they're at 
ultra high achievers. And so they want the next thing. That's part of it. The other part of it too, is they may have discovered something and this goes right into the people side of things. They have discovered something about why they are managing a law firm, why they're, why they're the managing partner. They feel they have an obligation to their clients. They feel they have an obligation to their, to their people. There's something more that drives them beyond just money. And to your point earlier that you brought this town, it takes us full circle. It might be that person who's ultra ambitious, who's trying to prove it to themselves. You know what? I've run a 10 attorney firm. I want to see if I can run a 50 attorney firm. Or I want to see if I can run a 100 attorney firm or whatever it happens to be. So there's usually something there beyond just money that really separates the elite achievers you know, from, from the others. Very interesting. You mentioned that when clients come your way, they're usually ready for a change. What do you think is that breaking point where someone decides enough is enough, I want better? Yeah, you know, it, it's usually a couple of different things. One could be their circumstances and their situation in their life. So they can start to see that, oh my gosh, you know, I have like 20 years left before I'm seriously considering retirement and I am nowhere near where I need to be financially to be able to make that work. So I need to make some changes now so mm -hmm. that I'm well positioned to retire. That might be one. The other one might be just absolutely overwhelmed and exhausted and burned out. And we've seen a lot of this because of COVID and because of the demand for legal services over the past five years. So many of the attorneys come to us going, look, LA, I've got more business than I can handle. I'm completely burnt out. I'm totally exhausted. I'm working weekends. I'm working nights. I have no control over my schedule. I don't take time off. Or if I do take time off, I'm working during that time. I can't handle it anymore. I need to make some changes in my firm. And the third kind of client we get are the ones that are starting, you know, they're turning a new page. So they might be starting a new firm or just merging and creating a new firm. And they say, look, we want to do this right. We want to do this so that we have as much success as quickly as possible. And we want to leverage best practices and do things the very best way we can. LA, let's talk about you know working with you so we can kind of see around corners and avoid the problems that are that can come up so we get success even faster. So those are kind of the three things. Which group would you say is overrepresented within your client base? Is it number two that they're tired, never taking time off, ready to make radical change, or is it yeah, the first right or the now third it's, one? It's that second category, mm -hmm. uh, and, and it changes over time. It wasn't that way, you know, when I first started mm -hmm. uh, my firm 10 years ago, but it's that way right now. Mm -hmm. How do you solve that problem for them? Or how do you help them solve that problem, rather? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question because it's it's kind of like it's a symptom. Right? Mm -hmm. If you're going in to see a doctor, it, there's symptoms and there's cures. This is a symptom. And it could be due to a lot of different potential reasons. It could be due to they simply need to hire some people and they don't know who to hire, when to hire, or how to do that, mm -hmm. uh, which is why I wrote that book, Staffing Up, which actually teaches attorneys how to hire because I found that I was having these conversations <laughs> over and over again with attorneys. There was no books written on the subject. So I wrote that book. So it might just By the be- way, if, you, if you don't mind, I'm going to pause you for a second. Yeah. So that book has terrific reviews. I cannot say that they read it, but I assume that if you're listening or watching this and you run a law firm, if you are tired and you're working all the time, there is probably a staffing problem and you should go to Amazon. I believe the book is available on Amazon. It's available on Amazon and on Audible. Excellent. I love driving and listening to books. This way I'm doing something productive while I'm driving. 
highly recommend that you get this book. It will pay for itself over 100,000 times probably over the years. So invest a little bit of time, energy, and money into consuming the content. You'll be better off for it. There was my 15-second commercial for your book. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, Sasha. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, and um, the reason why I said apologies. So I am always of the mindset that if I have a problem, chances are there have been thousands or millions of people who had a similar problem before me. There were a few people who solved that problem. And then there was a handful of people who took the time to explain the solution in the book format. So I can compress the timeline from problem to solution to a very short period versus years or decades by simply buying a book, listening or reading to it, and getting somebody else to help me figure it out. And a typical book costs, what, $14, $15 on Amazon? It's a really cost-effective way or like compressing the timeline for dec from decades or years to a few hours. I agree. And what we try to do is uh, keep the book as short as possible because mm -hmm. you know attorneys don't have a lot of time. So it's just, it's pure content and it's mm -hmm. just the stuff that we've taught people in the way that they can put it into practice right away. They don't need to call me to execute the ideas in the book, which was, which was the point of it. Yeah, um, and the name so of the book, Staffing Up? Staffing Up, The Attorney's Guide to Hiring Top Talent. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, mm -hmm. Thank you, Sasha. So that's one thing. It could be a hiring problem. The other thing it could be is they could actually have a marketing problem. When I mention this to attorneys, they look at me like I have two heads and they go, what are you talking about? I... <laughs> I'm, I, I would have tons of clients. How could I possibly have a marketing problem? But you know, Sasha, because you live in this world, if they're targeting clients that aren't the right clients for them, they might be getting a ton of clients, but all the clients suck. <laughs> or sucking up the resources of the firm. Or they might not be charging the right amount for each client, right? Happens all the time. Happens all the time. So they could actually have a marketing problem. Or they could have a strategy problem. Right, they have not structured their firm in the right way to maximize profit and maximize productivity. Or they could have a systems problem. They don't have processes written down. They don't have systems written down. Finally, they could have a culture problem. They keep hiring people, but those people keep leaving. So any of those things can contribute to why um, the managing partner or why the attorney feels completely overwhelmed. And we have to dig into that to really figure out what's going on there. Mm -hmm. By the way, I'm putting myself into shoes of a typical attorney. And when you go through, like, it could be this problem, this problem, this problem, this problem, or this problem, or a combination of them, or maybe all of them, I am beginning to feel some anxiety. So if you do, as you listen or watch this, I welcome you to think about it this way. Business is a complex organism. There are many functional zones. For a business to be truly successful, those zones should be working properly. It's kind of like your body, right? The creator, mother nature built you a certain way. You don't go like, oh, I don't care about my liver as long as my lungs are functioning properly. Everything should be functioning properly. It's the same thing in business. And this is why I highly encourage if you do not have an advisor, reach out to Allies Group and talk to an advisor and see. And again, this is a promotion. I am a firm believer in having advisors. I always have two advisors for two different things for my business because I know I need them. Every year I reassess whether I'm doing well with these advisors or not. And just about every year, I'm like, I'm so glad that I have them. So I highly recommend that if you do not have an advisor, interview someone from Elias Group, It'll probably make a huge difference for your practice within just the first, I assume, six to 12 months. 
Yeah, typically we've got low-hanging fruit that we harvest mm-hmm. in the first three to four months. Uh, and then we have to actually have to dig in and do some work. And then we get additional results uh, after nine months. It's a it's a fun program. How do you usually run your assessments? Uh, you mean like when we're talking to potential clients? Yeah, you're bringing in like a brand new prospect, or maybe they just signed on with you. Yeah. Like what's what's the process of assessment? Yeah, it's it's pretty straightforward. So what we do is I'll jump on a call with with the potential client. We'll talk for about a half an hour, and the whole focus of that call is just to see if we might be a fit. Because oftentimes we are a good fit. Sometimes we're not. They're looking for something else, or they're not a good fit for with how we with how we run our programs. In which case, we'll make a referral and introduce them to someone who is a better fit. If they are a good fit, then they move on to the second stage, which is where we talk about how this program could actually work for them and their firm. And we have kind of a mini coaching conversation. And at the end of that, they have uh, options and programs and they can choose to move forward with us or not. So it's very low pressure. We want to make sure that every client is successful with us. And so we're really, really focused on is this a good fit? And if we bring this client on board, are they going to do really good work with us? Uh, are we going to do really good work with them? Because this is a long-term partnership. We're talking about a business. It's a serious issue and there's money on the table. So rather than taking every client that comes in, we want to make sure that the clients we do take in are going to have good results when they work with us and are going to be a great fit for us. And that's for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes such a good sense. I wonder if you had to guess for a typical client that comes your way, how many years have they been in business on their own, in their own law firm before they reach out to you? Yeah, I would say it's about 10 to 15, mm-hmm. typically. We don't do a lot of work with those first-year attorneys just coming out of law school. Typically, they have at least five years under their belt before they're ready to work with us. Mm. Because I've been running businesses, my own businesses for 22 years now. We're recording this in January of 2023. I started my first brick and mortar business here in Chicago in December of 2000. I always find that the sooner you hire an advisor, the better off you're going to be faster. And I find that just the same way as you do, that vast majority of people are ready for an advisor, a good marketing company, anybody good, a little bit too late, like they should have started years ago, but people procrastinate and wait and think the conditions are not right. I do not have enough money to make an investment into an advisor, et cetera. And then in retrospect, a year or two or three years ago, they kicked themselves for, should have done this so much sooner. I completely agree. It's funny, right? You know, the issues why people hold off on working with an advisor, you know, one could be they don't have the time. Well, if you work with an advisor, you're going to get more time. That's one of the benefits. Right. Uh, the other is they don't have the money. Well, if you work with an advisor and they're good, you're going to make more money. So it's actually a return on investment. It's not, it's not an expense necessarily. But I, you know, I think it goes back to your point about inertia. It's easy to put things off. It's easy to say, not now, but I'm going to do this later. And oftentimes people just need to get to the point where internally they say, you know what? I've had enough. I need to make a change. And, uh, and I'm tired of reinventing the wheel and figuring everything out on my own. <laughs> I'm going to work with someone like, you know, Grow Law Firm, or I'm going to work with Law Firm Success Group or whoever it happens to be, because, you know, they're tired of reinventing the wheel. They're tired of making mistakes. And they now have the comfort level, at least, to say, or maybe the pain threshold has been exceeded to say, you know what, it's time to go hire somebody who actually knows this stuff and can do it right the first time. Yeah. 
it's really interesting and maybe this is a silly analogy but when you become a parent and your child is five six seven years old and if they're inclined to play a sport you don't go like around say let's put together like a neighborhood team and just have them run around the field and do whatever it is that they want and pretend that they're playing sport right you're going to find a community center like i live just north of chicago in highland park illinois we have a great community here like if my kids want to play basketball as they do or they want to play like my, my oldest plays football etc it's an organized sport and there's always a coach or two or three depending on the level of the sport right and that to us is very natural but at the same talking the very same parents who also happen to be lawyers or any other type of a business we go into business without much knowledge or skill about the business and then we don't think about hiring a coach who would help us like train up and become better until things get difficult really difficult and they tend to get difficult fast and we may or may not think about a coach a trainer or advisor for a while and once we do we're still waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting because like you said people think about it as an expense and they think that it's going to add to the list of things to do and jam up the calendar even more but the reality is if you work with the right person i always found it to be true with my advisors it's the opposite of that like the exact opposite of that so if you're watching this if you're listening to this and if you've been thinking about hiring an advisor stop thinking it's a really easy one step call up someone and have a conversation i think it's just that simple but people wait at their own detriment people wait they do and um you know i i like working with the ones who are ready and i found pretty early on that rather than trying to convince the people that are waiting <laughs> It's just much less frustrating for me to talk to those people who are ready. Yep. So for those people that are waiting, that are on the fence, Sasha, that's fantastic advice. It doesn't have to be talking to me. Like they can mm -hmm. talk to you or they can talk to another attorney. Uh, they can talk to a family member, someone whom they trust. There's also lots of free resources that they can get online. There's more information now about how to run a law firm than has ever existed for free. They can access all of that information. And uh, at the point in time where they decide that, you know what, I'm, I'm really tired of doing this on my own. I'm ready to get serious about the business aspects of my practice. And I'm ready to realize that part of my role is not just an attorney, but I'm also an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. That's when they're ready to work with someone like us. Yeah, definitely. The point about the fact that there is so much readily available information about the business of law or just the business of business right is very valuable but then at the same time and this episode was never meant to be like a promotion for your services but they truly believe in this that's why i'm saying this that just consuming information usually does not lead to action if it did everyone would be in perfect shape and very wealthy knowledge is not power it's potential for power you have to put that knowledge into action. It's a lot easier to put knowledge into action when you have a trainer, a coach, or advisor who stands next to you and says, this is what you're going to do. Here's the plan. Go execute. I'm going to meet with you a week or two weeks from today or a month from today, and we're going to review the actions that you took and the results that those actions have produced. Without that accountability to a coach, nothing's going to happen, usually. Right. It's very important. I couldn't agree with it more, Sasha. You said it perfectly. To build on that, 
because there's more information out there than there ever has been, it's also incredibly time consuming to go through all of it and then to figure out what applies you know, to you as the attorney, what actually applies to you out of all the stuff that's out there, what's relevant for you, what's going to work for you, what's going to be easiest for you to implement with the biggest possible return, what's going to take up the least amount of your time, trying to answer all those questions yourself, you can do it. It's just going to take a lot of time, energy, and effort. Or you can hire a really good business consultant, business coach, marketing consultant, you know, like Grow Law Firm. And we've done all that already. So that's all we do is we just think about this. We don't think about practicing law. We think about growing law firms. And so we know which is going to work well for a specific client. We cut through all the noise that's out there. Everything we all do is very credible and is going to work. That's why we're in business. And that's all we're in business to do. And I think hiring someone like that who's not who's going to save time, save an attorney's time, and give them the results that they're really looking to achieve in less time than they could on their own is really the value proposition for why we're in business. There is a great book that is titled, if my memory serves me right, Who, Not How. You as a business owner, a managing partner, you will never be able to figure out all the hows, nor do you need to. You need to figure out who are the who that will help you figure things out and just go bring in the right people who will help you execute on those things. It is a really, really important point. There's not enough lifetime in you, me, or anybody else to figure it all out. It doesn't work that way. Top CEOs, top CEOs, Fortune 100 companies, they have boards who are advising them and they have advisors who are advising them. Smaller companies, people have boards and advisors. Small businesses, most people try to figure it out on their own just because their title is a business owner, kind of a title. But that is not the right way of execution in small business. Get the right who's in the right places. They will help you get things moving a lot faster, a lot easier. I want to ask you this question. So I'm imagining if, if I was looking to hire you or anyone from your team, one of the hesitations that I would have is I'm going to spend more money on this. How will I get my money back? In other words, how would I measure ROI? What are the top three ways that your team, your advisors can help me generate return on my investment? Yeah, there's actually two questions in there. So let me dig mm-hmm. into each one separately. The first is, how do you measure return on investment on a business coaching relationship? And that's a fantastic question. It's something we talk about a lot with our potential clients. There's two ways to really measure it. One is the intangible benefits. So for a client to say, you know what? I I was able to take a two-week vacation uninterrupted. Mm. Uh, I was able to work a, big a 45-hour week and have the weekends available to spend time with my family. For them to say that I feel really confident in my abilities now as a business owner. I feel happy about running my law firm and working with my clients. Those are all intangible benefits. Any one of those things on their own may justify working with us to grow their firm. But really, at the end of the day, we're business coaches. And so we measure our success in terms of the owner's income. That's it. Because all the intangibles are fantastic and wonderful, and we love them. They're oftentimes way more powerful than the financial component. But the financial component is super important. And we're in a position as business coaches to be able to measure that. So with our clients, what we try and do is we try and make sure that they get way more income in working with us in a year than they would if they hadn't worked with us. 
to more than pay for the coaching program. So some of our clients get spectacular results, you know, 7X, 10X the coaching program and beyond within 12 months. What we ask our clients to budget for is to be really conservative and say, look, if we do all the things in working with law firm success group that we're supposed to do, and we really attack our law firm as a business, we should easily expect a 3X to 4X increase return on investment increase over the coaching fee in a period of 12 months. So that's how we position our programs as a return on investment rather than as expense. Can we guarantee it? No. And the reason we can't guarantee it is because we can't guarantee that the owner is going to put in the time and the effort and listen to us at the end of the day. But if they do, those are the results that they can expect. And typically we'll look at things the same way. Some attorneys will come our way. They're like, can you guarantee the outcomes? And I always tell them, yes, I can. All you have to do is give up 51% of equity in your law firm. I am going to be the managing partner. I will put the right people in the right places, but now I will be the majority stakeholder at your law firm. You will no longer control it. I will not let you control it because I have to control it if I am to guarantee the marketing and sales outcomes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And I can't even own a law firm because I'm not an attorney in California. Right. You have to be an attorney and have an ownership. That's a perfect way to position it. Yeah, <laughs> correct. If people wanted to reach out to you and ask you more questions about this, how do they find you? Best way to do that is to go to our website, lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. There's a lot of free resources there. They can contact me directly through that site. You can also find me on LinkedIn, Alej Yajnik. There aren't too many of me out there. So if you pop me into LinkedIn, it'll probably come up. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time and sharing the expertise. It was very useful. And again, if you're watching this, don't even think about it. Get the book. At least get the book staffing up. We work with so many attorneys. Most are terrible at hiring the right people. There are some examples that are like outstanding, but most, it's one of the major pain points, bringing in the right people to do the right things without you having to tell them what to do and when to do it and checking up on their work. It will revolutionize your life. Thanks so much, Ali. Thank you, Sasha, for having me on today. Thanks for listening to the Grow Law Firm podcast. If you liked the ideas shared in this episode, Help a fellow lawyer out by sharing a link to the episode. This episode is powered by the team of experts in client attraction, growlawfirm.com. Do you want a complimentary growth plan for your law firm? Request it at growlawfirm.com slash blueprint.